me ask you a question for a moment. Does anybody here worry? Wow, those of you who don't worry, please tell me how you do it. Um, but we worry about things, don't we? And, and by worry, what do we mean by worry? Well, we simply mean that there's something that's stuck in our head that keeps going on that we don't let go because we're concerned about it. Another way is we're anxious about things. You know, if, if there's anything that I've heard from people since really the whole COVID era or period is that people are more anxious about the future. Finances and all those things that are being uh, a challenge. And so we worry about things. We live anxiously. Uh, there's far more mental health issues these days. <coughs> and so we are concerned about those things. And a lot of it is understandable. We have come out of a pandemic. You know, it's really nuts. So this, this last week, we've had, what, five people in the church had COVID. My daughter had COVID, had to take her into the hospital. And I was talking to the doctor, and he was saying, uh, loads of people are coming into hospital with COVID. And yet, when I look at the news, the government's saying, hey, COVID's not a problem. So it's all nuts. Everything you look at is nuts. And you look at it, and you think, we're in a financial crisis don't know whether you've had your council tax bill this year, but that's like 15% up. And then I had a really good chat with my councillor about why I'm being asked to pay £35 to empty my green bin. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. They've got a budget. I've got to live within my budget. They need to live within their budget. But anyway, you can tell I'm really popular with our local councillors and whatever else goes on. We have now got the highest interest rate in 15 years. Yeah, see Ben's looking really happy. <coughs> and there are concerns, mortgage payments are getting higher, energy crisis. You know, last year we had a bill, I mean maybe this isn't much for you, but for us, we had a bill in one month for our, just our gas and electric of 400 quid. So I said to the kids, no more showers, no heating, we're not going to put the cooker on, we're going to burn a little fire in the garden and we're going to catch a little creature and just cook it. Yeah. Food costs, you know, we're told that food costs have gone up by like 12%, but we know from our weekly food bill that it's gone up 30%. Because that's what everything is costing us extra. Now, why am I saying this? I'm not saying this to put fear into you, but I'm saying this to you because we do have stuff to be concerned about. And so the question is, as those who follow Jesus, what do we do in a world where we think, can I afford this? Can I pay for that? Will I have sufficient income in the next year? You know, how am I going to deal with all of that? And people, you know, there are a lot of people in the UK who work hard, who have jobs. They're not British citizens, so they don't have any access to benefits, which means for them it's even harder. And so we ask the question, how do we deal with this as Christians? And one of the things I wanted to do this morning is just walk you through 
about what God says about worry. Because I believe that God does not want any of his people to be worried. He's a good God. The kind of relationship that God wants us to have is the kind of relationship that as parents we have with our children. You know, my kids, they don't worry about the bills. Do you know why? Well, mum and dad will pay that. We've, we've just doing some budgeting with, with Zoe and with James. We're going through about doing budgets and stuff. And their budgets are great. They've got no gas, no electric. They've just got, how do I spend my pocket money? <laughs> and you know what? God wants us to have the relationship with him where we are like children and say, well, you're going to sort that out. I don't know how that's going to work. Now, that doesn't mean that we're neglectful, but it means we don't have to worry about it because he will sort it out. Now, I'm going to read (coughs) a verse from a psalm that I've mentioned a few times over the last uh, month or so from Psalm 23. And it says this, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Think about that for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Why do my kids not worry? Because they lack nothing. Why should we not worry? Because we lack nothing, because the Lord is my shepherd. Now, there is a kind of precursor here. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, means that the Lord must be my shepherd. You know, sheep that don't have a shepherd don't have someone to take them to good food and good water. They're going to try and find it themselves. But the role of the shepherd is to lead the sheep. If you read the whole rest of Psalm 23, the role of the shepherd is to lead people to green pastures and a place where there is good water. And Psalm 23 says, he leads me beside still waters and he leads you to pastures and we sit down in it. You know, sheep only sit down when they're satisfied. And so already God is saying, I am your shepherd and because I'm your shepherd, you will lack absolutely nothing. Now, what what is life like when Jesus is my shepherd? When Jesus is the one that I put trust in, not in the government, not in the Bank of England, not in my employer, in my income, but when I put my trust in God, what does life look like? Well, I'm going to mention a few things. Firstly, this. God knows what you need. Matthew 6, verse 32 For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and that's talking about clothes and food, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So number one is this, God knows what you need. He already knows it. You can tell him, that's really good, but he already knows. God is not one who sticks his head in the sand. I know what my children need. I know it before they know it. It's my responsibility as a parent to be on the ball and to know what my children need before they, know, before they themselves know it. Of course, that doesn't mean every want, but every need. <coughs> Number two, God cares 
for his children. Psalm 121 verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps will not slumber. You know what? God never ever takes his attention away from you. He's always looking towards you. He's always, you know, as a shepherd, he's always looking. Is that sheep okay? Do they have everything that they need? Are they okay? God cares for his children. Number three, God has a history of caring for his children. Psalm 37 verse 25, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. What does that mean? Well, it means that if I look at my uh, government in the UK, if I look at my local council, they do not, in my opinion, have a trustworthy record. But God has a trustworthy record. God has a record for the 6,000 plus years that we've been on the planet as human beings that he cares, that he watches, that he provides, and that he looks after those who say, you are my shepherd. Now that gives me great confidence. I don't know what is going to happen in the UK in the next 10 years, but the last three years tell me I haven't got a clue. If it's as nuts as it was from 2019 to today, then we're up for some real changes. But I know this, whatever happens, God has a history. Remember, God has looked after people through the Spanish Inquisition, through the Roman persecution, through World War I, through World War II. God has looked after his people and he continues to do so. There are testimonies coming out of China, coming out of India, where God is looking after his people. And so it gives me great confidence to think, well, if God's looked after his people for the last 6,000 years, then I should not be worried about the next 30. So we trust in him. Number four, God has placed great value upon you. I love this. Matthew 10, 30 to 31. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. One of the things that I love about the Christian God, as opposed to all the other gods, all the other gods are kind of, I'm up here, you're down there, you're nothing, you have to worship me because I'm supreme. But when we read about the God in the Bible, he says, you know what, you mean a lot to me. You are valued. I care about you. You mean much to me and therefore I'm going to look after you. And God has this amazing love and concern for all those who follow him. We are called his children. We're called that for a reason because a parent does not abandon its child. And so I want to say to you today, you have value in the sight of God. He loves you. Number five, God in Christ carried our griefs and our sorrows. Isaiah 53 and verse four, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Every pain, every grief you go through is something that God feels. And Jesus himself carried the most severe form of grief and sorrow when he went to the cross. When his father left him alone. And he had to carry all of the sin that the world has committed. He carried it on his shoulders and it knows. You know, he, he, again, he's not a God who's aloof from all of those things. Every pain, every sorrow, every grief is one that God has experienced. You know, on Tuesday, it's going to be a tough day saying goodbye to Ralph. But we know that when Jesus' friend Lazarus had died, that Jesus wept. And so that we know, he will know what we are feeling and weep with us on Tuesday. And I love the fact that our God is a God who became a human to know what it is like to grieve and to suffer as a human being and to be able to strengthen and to help us through those times. Brings me great comfort that we've got someone who is just like us in every way and who went through all of that so that we know when he says he carries our griefs and sorrows, we can fully put our trust in him. He knows what we're going through. I want to encourage you in your grief and in your sorrow, turn to Jesus. He knows how to comfort you. Number six. God wants to carry our burdens. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, casting all your care or anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know, God, God isn't reticent in taking on the responsibility of caring for us. He wants to do that. He wants to be the one who cares. We enjoy, my wife and I, we enjoy looking after our children. Maybe not when you go in their bedroom and they've not tidied it, but, you know, we enjoy looking after our kids. God enjoys taking care of you. It's one of those things, I don't know if you ever remember the scene, I've, I've had it a few times with my children. You want to go outside and the hair's messy. And you want to go and brush their hair and they go, don't touch my hair. You can't do anything, can you? I've got this brilliant photo of Zoe with a bad hair day. I've saved it up for when she gets married. We've actually got a whole roll of film for that day. It's really good. I love that we live in an age of technology where we can store all these little snippets where she's singing, let it go. It's just really good. But you know... God wants us to take all of our fears, all of our concerns, all of our anxieties. He says, give them to me. There's an invitation. This is number seven, that God invites us to give him our cares and worries. Psalm 55 and verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. What an amazing thing. He invites you and he says, come on, cast your burden on me, give it to me and I will sustain you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 29, this is Jesus speaking. Come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What an invitation. God wants you to be able to take all of the burdens and anxieties you have and to just offload them. One of the things that I've realized in being a, a, a pastor over the last, what, 10 plus years is that sometimes, really, I mean, the majority of the time, all people need is a listening ear. Did you know that? We're sometimes really worried, oh, what do I say to that person who's just lost someone? I don't know what to say, so we don't go, we don't call, we don't. All they sometimes want is a listening ear to say, I'm sorry for your loss. Anything I can do. And you know what? God wants us to take all of those stresses and burdens, offload them, say, Lord, I don't know what to do with it. Here it is. I'm worried about this. Here it is. I'm worried about that. Here it is. I'm worried about this. Here it is. And as we offload it to God, he says, right, I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to use my power and my authority to sort that through. Number eight. Now, number eight and number nine are slightly different. Number eight means is this. We need to intentionally trust in God. It doesn't happen by accident. Think about that for a moment. Trusting in God is not an accidental thing. It is something that we intentionally need to do. We will not get to heaven. We will not follow Jesus if we think it just happens on its own. We need to be intentional. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. You need to do the trusting. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. You get this idea that we choose to put our trust in Jesus. We choose to uh, give all of our hearts to him, not to look at our own wisdom. In every step that we take, we say, Lord, is this the right step? And as we begin to live a life of dependency, I love that image of leaning. We know what it's like to lean. You kind of have something and you lean on it. But if you remove what you're leaning on, what happens? You fall over. And so God wants us to lean on him, but he will never let us fall. But it takes faith to put all of your weight leaning on God in trust. And so God says, I want you to trust in me intentionally. I want you to take your heart and your mind, the center of who you are, and I want you to say, I'm going to trust you with everything. It gives me great comfort as a parent to say, Lord, this is a mad world, but I trust that you will keep my children safe. Every day, you know, I walk Zoe to the bus stop and as I'm walking home, I speak in tongues and then I pray over my family and say, Lord, protect them from the evil one. Give them favour. Watch over them. Watch over their coming and going. Uh, bless them. Let them be a blessing. Every single day. I put them into the hands of God because I can't be there all the time. And so we intentionally 
put our trust in God. And I want to encourage you. There are things in your life where you think you can fix it. Let me tell you, you can't. And the longer you live, the more you realize how little power you have to change things. And so we learn to trust in God. We take our children, we take our family, we take our friends, we take our finances, we take our job, we take our houses, we take all of that and say, Lord, I'm placing this into your hands because I know in your hands it will be well taken care of. And you know what? When we do that, we go, that's a whole weight off my shoulders. I love the fact that my kids don't need to carry the burden that me and Jocelyn carry. I love that. And I honestly believe God looks and he says, uh, I, I, I love the fact that I can carry the burden that you don't have to carry. And so it's one of those things where God looks and he says, give it to me, pass it to me, because I want to carry your burden. Number nine, even the most wayward person can choose to come to God because he rejects no one. In Luke 15, we read about the parable of the prodigal son. And it says this in verse 20. And, this is a, and when he rose, this is about the prodigal son, and he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. It doesn't matter how badly you have stuffed up in your life. doesn't matter what you have done. As soon as you turn towards God, he sees from afar, he has compassion and he comes running towards you and he embraces you and kisses you with the love of a father. Isn't that amazing? It means that anybody in this world no matter what sins they have committed, no matter what atrocities that they have done, if they turn from that to God and say, I'm sorry and I want to live my life following you, he will rush towards them and he will take them out of how they've been living. I mean, what an amazing thing. God cares about each one of us. He cares because he is compassionate. You know, we don't hear much about compassion these days. But God is compassionate. It means that he looks and he wants to help and he loves. Number 10. No matter how severe the trial we're facing, God has got you covered. Luke 12, 11 to 12. And when they bring you... Before the synagogues and the rulers and authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to do. Why do I mention that? Well, sometimes we will need to go through hard times. But even in the face of the hardest time, God will still provide. 
we're taken to court for believing in Jesus, when we stand before the judges, the Holy Spirit will give us exactly what we need to say. I do not have to sit down and read through my Bible and create a whole treatise. I just need to get up and open my mouth and the Spirit of God will tell me what I am to speak. Wow. Every angle is covered by God. Everything is completely taken care of by God. So here's the conclusion this morning. God looks after his children. God has a proven track record of compassion, love, and care. Everyone is invited. Doesn't matter who you are, he invites you into his family, but you do intentionally need to make him your shepherd and turn away from activities and lifestyle that he calls sin. What happens? This leads to a life free from worry and anxiety. I'm going to finish with this scripture, John 14, 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning. Pray for each one of us. We have different trials that we face we have different situations. And Father, this morning we have this amazing invitation from Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me and believe also in God. 